Amen. Well, let's open up the word and just let God speak to us today. Matthew chapter 5, as we are looking at this message from Jesus himself, which really is a blueprint for life itself. The whole Bible, all the word of God is our blueprint. And, and I love that, that we can go through the whole word. It is the whole word that, that uh, uh, just gives us principle upon principle that we can build um, our life upon. Uh, but Jesus himself in this one uh, sermon kind of brings everything together and summarizes a lot of these principles. And so it in itself really is um, uh, a core of the blueprint uh, for life. And, and we need to understand this, that God wants us to build a successful life, a happy life, a fulfilled life, a content life. Um, it is not that he is looking to just... Um, Make us suffer until we get to heaven. That is not God's uh, heart. Um, but that in the midst of the suffering of this world, because we do live in a broken world, and so there will be suffering. But in the midst of it, we can build uh, a life that, that uh, overcomes it, that prevails, and that actually prospers in that. And so that's what we're looking at. And so we're going to look at the next section today. And we're going to pick it up uh, in chapter 5, verse uh, 17. Now, remember, all of these things, it's like any construction, they build upon one another. Uh, so we've looked at the foundation. The foundation of everything we're going to build is humility. Uh, humbling ourselves before the Lord. And begin to recognize that we are nothing. And when we start from that point, we become something. Uh, but we have to start from that humility. Last week, we looked at uh, understanding that we are salt and light. That the purpose of everything we do is not for ourselves, but that as we build our life, we impact this world. We become uh, the, the flavor of life and uh, the light uh, of life. And, and so we talked about that, about developing the flavor of God within us, which is a passion for him. Um, when people look at what makes us tick, it needs to be Jesus. Um, and that's going to show up in all different ways, but yet we need to make our life uh, just uh, uh, be pervasive with the flavor of Jesus in every uh, character of his nature. And now we come to today in verse 17, and uh, we're going to read uh, quite a long passage, and then we'll, we'll kind of go over it and uh, uh, point out uh, the points. And we've heard all these before, but uh, we're just going to cover them again. So starting in verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill for assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law all until all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others um, to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you 
that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. For you have heard it said to those of old that you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, which was kind of just a grunt, kind of like a curse um, uh, of, of that time, shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift uh, at the altar. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. And assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there until you have paid the last penny. You've also heard it said that uh, of those of old that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and, ca and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your body members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, you've heard it said that whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except for sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said of those of old that you shall not swear falsely but you shall perform your oath to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, uh, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. And we're going to stop there. So today we look at this next step of building our life. And we come to the very first statement that Jesus makes there in verse 17. He says, you need to understand that I have not come to destroy the law. And by destroy, he means to put it aside. Jesus did not come to put aside the law. Now, I know this is hard, and we're going to talk about why this is, because we talk about today that we are no longer under the law. And so why would we say that we're no longer under the law when Jesus himself said that I've not come to put away the law, and not one word of the law will pass away until everything is fulfilled. Um, so in building our life, Jesus is saying, and he says, anyone who does not, who breaks even the least of the commandments, you've broken all of them. Because if you have broken one commandment, you're a lawbreaker, right? It doesn't matter uh, which one it is, uh, you are still uh, 
you know, a, whether a person is a thief uh, or a liar or um, a con person, they're still a criminal, no matter what we've done. And so Jesus says, if we break the laws, the least of them, then, then we are uh, in danger of hell. Um, and so if we are to build our life we need to understand that Jesus is saying we must build our life on righteousness. Um, we cannot get away from the fact that God came to save us from our sin, but he did not come to save us from our sin and then allow us to go right back into it. Why would he take us out of this danger and say, okay, now that I've taken you out of danger, it's okay to go back into the danger. And, and yet we have turned it into that. So Jesus is saying that we must build our life uh, upon these principles of righteousness um, uh, and these, these things that really reflect the character of God. And, and this is what the law is, that the law was meant to show us uh, the goodness of God that we might follow in that same way. Um, now, he says in these next several examples, something that begins to uh, change our view of it, because uh, this is what he says. He says, unless your righteousness is greater than the Pharisees, you will by no means see the kingdom of heaven. Um, now, this is not just a figurative uh, uh, talk. He's saying that if our righteousness is not better than the Pharisees. Now, when we think of the Pharisees of that day, um, they were uh, the ones that followed the law more than anyone else. They knew the law. They studied the law. And in fact, they were so meticulous in everything that they did that they would not break one law. They made sure that they um, uh, followed every little line. I mean, where it says... To, to have your, the, the word of God on your uh, uh, head, they literally tied the word of God onto their head. And you still see them today, uh, that they will wear these things, um, uh, phylacteries on their uh, bodies. And they would, they would follow these things to the letter. And so yet Jesus says, unless your righteousness is better than them, you're not going to see heaven. And we're like, how can we be better than following the law to every extent. And here's the way. This is where they were falling short. And this is where we sometimes get the wrong focus. Um, he uses these examples. He says, you've, you've heard that you're not supposed to murder. But you see, you're misunderstanding that. Um, murder is not the action. It is the outcome of the sin. And, and you've heard me talk about this all, all along. That sin is not the action. The action is the fruit of the sin. Okay? Um, uh, an apple is not an apple tree. It is what the apple tree produces. You see, it's, it's what is in the apple tree that produces the apple. Um, Jesus is saying it is not murdering someone that is a sin. It is the hate that comes out of your heart that then produces that. So he's saying when you are just cursing someone, 
Um, when you are um, uh, uh, judging someone out of your own desires and, and perception, then you are showing that in your heart there is unrighteousness because God is not hate. Now, you might say, well, God hates sin, but that is the righteous judgment of something that is destroying his creation. And so uh, we need to understand that it is murder comes from our heart. In the same way, he talks about adultery, uh, that adultery is not the action that takes place, but it is the desire, it is the intention that starts in the heart. Um, again, he talks about divorce. And they would take advantage of saying, we did not sin. We followed the, the exact law that, that uh, Moses had given us for divorce. And he said, but you're not understanding. That was only to take care of brokenness. And yet you are using it um, just for your own desires because you were tired of, of your relationship. And so you were, you were just um, taking advantage of the law. And yet your heart was one of, of unfaithfulness. You see, that's what divorce is. It's, it's I'm, I have no more faithfulness to you. And, and so it's this outspring of the heart. And again, in, he talks about, you've heard that not to false, falsely swear. Um, and the oaths that he's talking about, he is not saying, and this is so many people have, have said, oh, as Christians, you cannot take an oath. That absolutely is not what Jesus is saying, because we know throughout the Bible, God himself took oaths. He said, I, I swear before you uh, when he made covenants. Um, and, and so there are oaths, but here's what they were doing. You see, the law says that you will, you will, you must uphold every oath upon the word, name of the Lord. So they would come up with oaths that just skirted, that never quite used the name of the Lord, like like they would make an oath on heaven, but not on God, but on heaven. So you see, what they were doing was they were taking the name of the Lord in vain. Because here's what they would say. Well, I swore on heaven or I swore on earth or Jerusalem or the temple. And then if they didn't do it, well, you can't hold me. I didn't swear falsely because I didn't swear on the name of the Lord. You see, they were twisting it just the way so that they could cover themselves because in their heart, there was um, that sense of self-centeredness that, that they were going to do what they were going to do no matter what, but yet they could... Uh, make these oaths um, and not be held accountable for them. And so what Jesus is saying, this is, this is profanity that you are making these oaths uh, because here's the thing, you're not doing it on the name of the Lord, but here's what he's saying. But don't you realize heaven is where God is? So that is the Lord. And the earth is the creation of God. So that is the Lord. And the temple is the represents the presence of God that is Lord. So he was showing them that your heart is held accountable, um, that you cannot just lie and, and use these things to, to con people and get what you want by making an oath falsely. So what Jesus is saying, if we are to build our life, we need to build our life on a righteousness that comes from a heart of goodness, that we need to begin to look at our life and, and not just say, hey, well, I'm a good person. I don't do these things. But have you within your heart harbored these feelings and these thoughts? 
If so, then the very core root of sin is in your heart and it's in your life. And so we need to begin to stop and look at ourselves. Do I deal with criticism and judgment? And in my speech, do I just talk quickly and, and say things and, and then think that I can justify them later? Jesus says we need to start to build our life with a better look at what we're doing, not at the outward action. Because I would say none of us are going to do things that are that bad, but yet within us, just because our life hasn't produced the fruit, many times this is what we've learned. And in our uh, society and day and age, we've learned this. We've learned to filter the fruit while we just uh, nurture uh, the, the core root. And, and so we've learned how to filter things that, that are on the outside so that people are not affected by that. Um, but yet we do not take care of the inner sin. So when the fruit starts to bloom in our life, we cut it off. We prune it very quickly. And yet the sap that flows in us is still there. And so just because we've learned to filter uh, what we do and say um, within our heart, we are corrupt and we are corroded. And Jesus says, one day that is going to show up. It's like someone who builds a house and the cement, um, uh, there's, there's too much sand. You know, you can make it. And how many know there's different ways you can make that cement, but, but it becomes not as strong. That when the pressure comes on, it becomes brittle. Um, and it, because you've cut corners, because in the heart of it, we have not dealt with those things. And... We need to begin to deal with our heart and, and begin to say, God, begin to let me live a life that is not based on my, my behavior, but is based on my heart. We need to be people that begin to live a life uh, that is built upon a heart of righteousness, that I long to do good and to do right and not just cover up uh, the things that happen. See, that's why so many times um, we will uh, find ourselves in, in, you know, in, in the heat of some moment and maybe we'll say something or we'll do something and immediately we'll catch ourselves. And, and what do we say to other people? Oh my goodness, I apologize. I don't know where that come from. That's not me, right? We say that and we're like, oh, how did that come out? And I'll tell you why, because you've been pushing it down. You've never addressed your heart. It is you. You've just learned to filter it so much that in a moment of care, your filter broke down and what was really inside came out. You see, we have got to begin to stop being comfortable because we think we've just filtered it enough. And we need to, this comes back to the humility. We need to humble ourselves before God and say, God, it is my heart that I am greedy. I am jealous. I am uh, discontent. I am angry. Whatever it is that's in you, you need to deal with that heart because that is uh, the unrighteousness that is building your life, uh, even though it is whitewashed and covered over. Now, here's the thing. So if that's true, 
And that is true. That, that if we even think these things, if our heart uh, 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 deals with these things, Jesus said, if your righteousness does not go beyond that, you in no way can see the kingdom of heaven. So with everything I've been saying, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't do it. Think about this. If you really read this now, Jesus said, I tell you, if you even call someone, uh, you know, fool, or if you even feel these things, if you even look at someone with love, I mean, okay, all these things, you cannot help but those things to happen, right? Have you ever thought about this? If I'd, I would have to shut my eye, not go out into the world because I'm going to get mad at someone. Someone's going to do something. I'm going to get irritated. My heart is going to do that. Jesus is trying to show them not just that, yes, you do need to live righteous, but this is what he's trying to say. But you need to understand that you can't do it. Let alone, yes, the Pharisees can follow all the outward laws, but they are breaking them inward. So I'm telling you, you need to do it inward. And now how does that, if I can't even do what the Pharisees did, how can I now do this? Jesus just raised the bar to a place that I really can't do it. This is why we got to go to the next word that Jesus said. I have not come to destroy the law. And he is not. We need to understand that. But this is what he said. But I have come to fulfill the law. And here's where we build our house. It is not on trying to so control your heart and so control your mind that, that, that you never do anything or think anything that is unrighteous. But you need to understand that Jesus has fulfilled it for us. Jesus lived the holy life. Jesus paid the price that we can receive his heart and his mind. And that is what we need to build our life on. That It is a recognition that Jesus, I can't live this life. Now here's the key, on my own. Just because he fulfilled the law, he doesn't say, okay, I fulfilled the law, so now you don't have to worry about it, you can live your life. No, we still can't do that. I'm not saying just because we cannot do it ourselves that you can just go off and, and just say, well, Jesus fulfilled it for me. God's going to say, yeah, but then did you not take that fulfillment that Jesus did for you and put it into your life? So we need to build our life upon the righteousness of Jesus. And it's very similar to last week. It, this means that in our life, we need in every step and every moment say jesus i need you to fill my heart i need you to give me a new heart god begin to give me that transplant when we recognize those things we can say jesus forgive me can you address that area god i repent i need you to work in this area because i'm struggling in that area and we begin to hunger and thirst. Remember, Jesus said at the very beginning, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You notice he said, he didn't say those who fulfill righteousness will be blessed, but those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So in other words, if we're going to build our life upon righteousness, it is not about doing good. It is not about being righteous ourselves, Because this is where Jesus said, we are saved by grace 
and not by works, lest anyone can boast. There's no one that can boast that they followed the law. But here's what we can boast on, that I've put my trust in Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to hunger for righteousness. I'm going to do my very best, but where I fall short, Jesus is going to cover me. And I am going to submit myself to him. I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to grow in him. And he is going to be my righteousness. And I'm going to hunger to be like him. And I want to love him. You see, when we begin to love Jesus so much, this goes back to last week, the flavor of our life is our passion for Jesus. I'm going to tell you, it's going to start to change the fruit that comes from our life. You see, when you love Jesus... And you want to honor him because of what he did for you. When you are thinking about how much Jesus means to you, then you're not going to get angry at your brother because you realize that Jesus died for him too. And you see, when I focus on Jesus and just begin to love him, it begins to change my heart. So it's not about us controlling our heart. It's about letting Jesus change our heart. And, and I hope that makes sense to you because there is a subtle difference between the two. Jesus has fulfilled the law so that we can live in righteousness without condemnation because we recognize that I'm not going to fulfill all the law. <laughs> My heart is broken, but yet as I hunger for Jesus and as I love him and follow him, then God will produce within me a heart that does not hate my brother. He will produce within me a heart that does not lust for those other things. He will produce within me a, a, a mouth that does not vainly uh, uh, seek my own way and, and swear falsely and vainly because my intention is after the heart of Jesus. So if we are going to live and build our life in righteousness, it is a righteousness that comes from seeking the Lord Jesus. And you see, that is what builds a life of righteousness. Now, you see, that does not justify us when we break the law, but it gives us the opportunity that when we do break the law, that we are able to address it without shame, without guilt, and yet we can still make things right. And I think it's in those ways of following Jesus in righteousness that we actually even become more salty and light to the world because they see that we're not perfect and yet they see that we hunger for righteousness and we take hold of it through Jesus. And when they see that Jesus is the source of our righteousness, not because I am a self-righteous person. You see, that was the problem. Pharisees were self-righteous. That's why everyone hated them. I'm telling you, people don't like self-righteous people. They don't like super religious people because that is based on us. But when we have the righteousness of Christ, it is filled with love and compassion and goodness and kindness. And people love that. And when that becomes sincere from our heart because we are building our life on Jesus, then we find a righteousness that is not of my own. And it, it just adds to our humility because even more so we realize, oh, God, you have made me something to your glory. It is not to my glory because I know how much I am broken. 
but we give glory to God that he is our righteousness. So I want to encourage you today. Will you look at your heart? <clears throat> Will you recognize those things in your heart where you are breaking the law, where it is filled with unrighteousness? And will we begin to take that heart and submit it to Jesus and say, Jesus, I pray that you will take my heart and give me your heart, that you will cleanse me, that you will transform me into one who is simply a reflection of you. You see, that's why we sing that song that what can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, when we just glorify Jesus in our life, when we build our life upon imitating Jesus, I just want to be like him. I want to glorify him. I want to do what he would want me to do. Then he is able to build that righteousness in us because he has fulfilled the law. And the law will not pass away until we stand before God. But yet we are covered by the righteousness of Christ. Let's pray.